This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning. It is Wednesday, September 23rd, and you are listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Trey Scott. On today's show, we have a conversation with Thomas Goldcamp, who covers the Florida Gators for Swamp 24-7. You can follow him on Twitter at Thomas Goldcamp. And I'm really excited to share that conversation with you all. Uh, Florida was my pick to win the SEC East, but I kind of feel unsure about it. And from talking to Thomas, I think he feels unsure about my pick as well. But I wanted to record a quick introduction over that because Notre Dame has canceled its game, or postponed rather, its upcoming game Saturday against Wake Forest after seven players tested positive this week. Thankfully, none of those tests seem to indicate that South Florida, which Notre Dame beat 52-0 to on Saturday, has problems. Either South Florida has had no positives this week, but Notre Dame's seven positives, and you compound that with what they lose in contact tracing, and the Fighting Irish just will not be able to field a team on Saturday against Wake Forest. This is the most marquee game to be canceled as of yet. Uh, the, the good news is Notre Dame and Wake Forest share an open an open uh, Saturday on October 3rd, so perhaps they can cram this game in then, assuming that everything goes according to plan. But I wanted to to come out with that Notre Dame news because, because when I signed off with Thomas, I said I was keeping an eye on that game, and sure enough, after we were done, about an hour later, Notre Dame announced its game was postponed. So wanted to hit you all with the most current information regarding college football. That's what you come to the College Football Daily for. So that's what we're giving you. And now, without further ado, Thomas Goldcamp on Florida and their chances to win the SEC East. I'm joined today for the first time ever by Thomas Goldcamp, Florida Gator beat reporter for 247sports.com. Thomas, I, th- I think it speaks to the nature of this weird season that we had to push back the recording by about 10 to 15 minutes because you were like, hey, I got Florida dropping their COVID-19 numbers at at one o'clock, but it looks like, you know, things are okay on that front and uh, how you doing otherwise on the beat? Uh, it's pretty good, you know, still getting used to this whole uh, virtual only kind of setup, but uh, yeah, for Florida, man, the, the coronavirus numbers, uh, obviously they had a little bit of a spike, uh, kind of had seven cases uh, reported in the first basically half of September. Uh, and then in the latest round of testing, they only have three new cases. So I think you're starting to see that kind of leveling off. And, you know, a week away from the football season, obviously, that's that's pretty good news. Yeah, Saturday against Ole Miss, 12 o'clock at Ole Miss. Um, so I was, I was telling you before we hit record, but I've done a lot of Georgia on the podcast. I've done a lot of Alabama. I've done a lot of LSU and all the guys they have to replace. But I haven't done that much Florida, which is kind of funny because – I keep picking Florida to win the SEC East. I picked them like in the spring, and then I think I kind of changed my mind and then picked them again um, and moved off Georgia after Georgia's quarterback situation sort of you know blew up. And I want to know, like, what is your perspective on on seeing people pick Florida or, or single them out as, as maybe a team who can make the playoff? Do you think 
we're on track with doing that. You know this team better than anyone other than like Dan Mullen or someone in the office. Yeah, I mean, the tricky part about that is, you know, when you when you cover a team exclusively, you tend to see their warts a little bit more than maybe the people that are looking from the outside. And I think, uh, you know, that's probably one of the reasons that a lot of national analysts are high on Florida is, you know, when you look at the Gators, I don't think they have as many question marks as maybe some of these other teams. You know, you mentioned Georgia's quarterback situation. You know, Florida's a, re- a team that returns a redshirt senior quarterback who obviously had a lot of success last year in Kyle Trask, uh, you know, and, and in a season where you have, you know, such a disrupted offseason. Uh, with strength and conditioning, with, you know, trying to install new schemes and not having spring ball at some of these schools. I think Florida's in a unique situation where, you know, they really do have a lot of continuity. Uh, The Gators will return both uh, offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator uh, for the third straight year. The the last time they did that was 2006 to 2008. So anytime you have that kind of continuity, I think, uh, you know, it can lead to some success. And obviously Dan Mullen has proven in his first two years of Florida that he's pretty good at getting the most out of guys. Um, so they definitely, I, I think Florida has some personnel questions still, uh, but when you're looking at things as a whole in the SEC East and the way the schedule kind of sets up, uh, I, I don't think it's crazy to be picking Florida this year. Do you think you would pick them? <laughs> I don't know. You know, I, I'm very much, uh, you know, a, a recruiting guy when it comes to the, the macro picture of, you know, you got to have the talent to do it. Um, I, I think that Dan Mullen is on the cusp of having enough talent uh, to be able to, you know, squeeze just enough out with his uh, his coaching ability to get to that point. But I think Florida is still a team that's going to need some breaks to go the right way. Um, would I pick them? I, I think probably. Um, and I think the reason for that is more, you know, looking at Georgia and the way their schedule sets up, having to play Alabama, having to play Auburn before they get to that key game in Jacksonville. Um, I, I think that you're going to see. You know, I think you're going to see a team win the SEC East that has a loss or two. Uh, I just think that's going to be the reality this year. I think playing 10 at 10 SEC games is going to be tough on everyone. Um, but then again, you know, having said that, that's where I lean towards that recruiting question where Georgia probably has a little bit better quality depth than Florida, um, just given the way that Kirby Smart's recruited. Um, but, you know, I think Florida has the talent to do it. I, th- I just think it's going to be a year where they need a couple of the right breaks and key games and, and then maybe the way, you know, you know, things fall for opponents as well. I'm glad you mentioned the recruiting thing. When I, you know, go on the Swamp 24-7 board, you know, every once in a while, it does seem like that is a topic of consternation for for fans. A few number nine overall finishes in the 24-7 sports composite team recruiting rankings the last couple of years for the Gators. And I'm a believer like you, Thomas, that like if you just kind of, if you hover around there for Florida, like if you can hang out in the top 10, Dan Mullen is going to give you an advantage and on-field coaching and, and um, evaluation and development. We saw that at Mississippi State. He's going to give you an advantage there. Um, but it kind of becomes like, all right, like he, he will do that for you against you know Tennessee and against you know most of the East. But against Georgia, which might have the most talented roster in football, quarterback questions aside, like that might not be enough. And I think when people are talking about Florida versus Georgia this year, it's this Dan Mullen offense with this experienced quarterback in, in Kyle Trask, who is sort of a polarizing figure himself, like you know, career backup who now is somewhat of a media darling against this Georgia defense, which could be the you know the best in the country. And I, th- I think the question is like Kirby Smart versus Dan Mullen. Like how much pressure is on Dan Mullen in 2020 to beat that guy one on one in Jacksonville? I mean, there's a ton. I mean, there's no no backing away from that. This is absolutely the pivotal game for Florida this year. 
Um, I, I don't think you have to look any further than his post game press conference after the Georgia game last year, where that was that question was kind of put to him. You know, how far away are you guys from catching up to Georgia? And you know, Dan Mullen's answer was seven points, and he was kind of <laughs> you know kind of bristled at it. You know, obviously Florida lost that game by seven points last year, but I do think that's the question: is you know, can can Dan Mullen solve that Kirby Smart defense because? He's lost to Kirby Smart as a head coach three years in a row now, going back to even his last game at Mississippi State. And really the the issue has been that the offense hasn't been able to put up many points. You know, Florida has, uh, you know, only scored 17 last year and had some key opportunities. And obviously looking at that game last year, you can can pick apart a lot of the third down defensive woes for the Gators. Um, But really at the end of the day, you know, Dan Mullen as an offensive coach, you have to be able to put more pressure on your opponent than, than just 17 points. Um, and I think, you know, they have the talent to do that this year. But when you get to talking about programs in the macro sense, uh, you, you really have a, a small margin for error when it comes to, you know, a high level job like Florida. And, you know, when your biggest rival or one of your biggest rivals, uh, especially with Florida State being down, is recruiting on the level that Kirby Smart is and, and getting to these SEC championship, SEC championship games and, you know, putting themselves in positions to be potentially in the college football playoff. Uh, that makes the fans uneasy, you know, and at some point you've got to catch up to that level and start competing on that level. And, you know, I think the easiest way to do that is to recruit on that level. Um, but I think it's safe to say, you know, going into year three of Dan Mullen that he's just not quite as an elite uh, recruiter as Kirby Smart. And so, you know, I, I do think it takes kind of that breakthrough season where you flip the script in terms of narrative and all of a sudden, you know, recruiting, you know, you don't necessarily maybe overtake Georgia, but things get that much easier and maybe you get one more five star than you would have otherwise. And you, you start to get more of those game breaker types. Um, and it's just kind of a snowball effect. And I think, you know, the reverse is it can go the other way too. You know, if Kirby smart wins this year, all of a sudden, you know, he's talking about Dan, you know, Dan Mullen can't beat him. Why would you go to Florida? And, and it becomes even more of a steep uphill climb. So I, I don't think there's any question that is the game for Florida this year. Do you think Dan Mullen's starting to get annoyed by that narrative and, you know, maybe the, the pressure and not, not the pressure, but like what the fans are saying, or I don't know, like Thomas like kind of going in circles here, but I remember like at Mississippi state, he seemed like, like the really fun coach and at Florida, like he's, he's had some of those moments, but maybe even this off season, which was tough on everyone, like started to, you know, like listen to him in press conferences or just like see the tactics about like taking forever to release, release a roster and I, I just like I, I just think maybe he's like starting to kind of get a little bit pissed off um, at something. Like I, I, I don't know, but he kind of he he kind of seems like Dan Mullen seems like he's sort of in a uh, a prove it mentality and sort of almost making like this us against the world vibe in Gainesville. It's like it, it's us. It's you know eighty three of us, like whatever, um, eighty five, and it's. Like we have a lot of people who don't think we can actually win the SEC. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Um, you know, I, I bristle a little bit at the us against the world mentality because I think Dan Mullen has really embraced the fan base in a way that the previous two coaches didn't. You know, Will Muschamp and uh, and Jim McElwain definitely had an us against the world mentality, and I think you saw that personified in Felipe Franks. You know, when he was shushing the crowd. Uh, you know, his home his home crowd. Uh, they really created that. You know. You know forget what everybody else is saying. Even our own fans, like, don't like, I, it was just a very divisive mentality. Mm-hmm. And I don't sense that with Mullen at all. Um, but I do think that there's some tension there, particularly, you know, when it comes to that Georgia matchup. And I think, you know, part of that is, you know, like I said, they, you, you recruit against Georgia and, you know, Kirby Smart has not been shy about telling recruits that, 
you know, Dan Mullen hasn't beaten him. And, uh, you know, that, that becomes a sticking point. And then, you know, Dan Mullen hasn't shied away from the expectations since day one. I mean, he's here to win a national championship. And at the end of the day, he knows he's got to go through Georgia to do that. And, you know, early in his Florida career, he, you know, took some shots at Georgia, poked a little fun, you know, uh, maybe had some veiled comments about the Justin Fields transfer, that that kind of thing. So he has talked, and I think he I think he realizes that you know it's kind of put up or shut up time. And so um, I, I do sense there's some tension, but I don't know that um, I don't know that he feels necessarily disrespected. I think I think like you said, prove it is maybe the the better way to put it. He's in prove it mode right now. The College Football Daily will be right back. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance, avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount Plus. So Kyle Trask last year comes on after Felipe Franks gets hurt, throws for 25 touchdowns, seven interceptions. How surprised were you that this former lowly recruit who was, you know, we all know the story now, was Derek King's backup in high school at Manville in Texas, you know, comes in, um, probably was a shocking take almost for Florida Gators fans in, in his recruiting class and and look, like l- l- this time last year, you might have said the, the future of the quarterback position in Gainesville is Emory Jones, the former four-star recruit. And instead, it's Kyle Trask, who just looks awesome and, and in control and super steady. How much of a of surprise was that to you, Thomas? I mean, it was surprising more so because two different coaching staffs had kind of passed over him. Um, you know, uh, having said that, you know, going back to, you know, when Felipe Franks and Kyle Trask both arrived on campus, uh, and you can ask other, you know, UF beat reporters this, but a lot of people thought that Kyle Trask had more touch and was able to hit, you know, some of the more difficult routes, the corner routes, the out routes, some of those timing throws uh, much better than Felipe Franks could. You know, I, I got to the point where eventually I thought I was just seeing it wrong because again, two different coaching staffs opted for Felipe Franks over Kyle Trask, even when Franks was struggling. I mean, Felipe Franks had a, a pretty awful 2017 campaign as a redshirt freshman and uh, even then, you know, Kyle Trask didn't really get a shot. You know, same thing with Dan Mullen. Uh, you know, Kyle Trask, you know, was maybe about to get a shot and then broke his foot. But still, I mean, they were they they gave Felipe Franks an extremely long leash. So you kind of wondered, you know, it, are you just seeing things wrong in practice? But no, I think he's always had the ability. Uh, I think what impressed me more last year was his demeanor. You know, you mentioned it. He always looked calm, in 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 control, um, really directed the offense. And for a guy that hadn't started a game since his freshman year in high school, I mean, uh, doing that in the SEC, you know, with a team that's really honestly competing, uh, you know, on that top 10 type level, that to me was the most impressive thing. And I, I would say that definitely surprised me. It's kind of funny that, you know, ever, ever since Tebow left, you know, Florida has been looking for this quarterback and have had several guys who, you know, the media, the fans have like hyped up as, as next. And, and we all like, you know, as well as anyone like the the history of how that's gone and guys transferring and then making it to the NFL or, you know, Will Greer was sensational. And, and then, you know, he, he leaves and it, it's, it is kind of funny that Kyle Trask turns out in my, you know, in my humble opinion to be Florida's best quarterback since, you know, Tebow. And, and he was the guy who just like, wasn't even supposed to probably be a, a power five uh, recruit. Yeah. It's a, I mean, it's a terrific story. It was funny. You know, we were talking to Kyle Trask on a zoom yesterday and, 
uh, somebody kind of asked me, like, are you, are you getting tired of, you know, hearing your story? Because, you know, everybody <laughs> wants to tell it, you know, it's, I mean, how often do you have a guy that, you know, has been a backup for seven years, even in back to high school, not only getting to a D1 program, but getting to a D1 program like Florida and then actually getting a chance to start and then, you know, returning as one of the SEC's best quarterbacks this year. I mean, it's a phenomenal story, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's been a bizarre decade for Florida since Tim Tebow. And, um, you know, I, I don't think it's, you know, pure coincidence that it's Dan Mullen that's leading this turnaround. I think that says a lot about his ability, you know, to kind of develop quarterbacks and, and have Kyle Trask ready to play when he was needed. Great point. Uh, we'll get you out of here, but I want your prediction for kind of a tricky game against Ole Miss. Have no idea what Lane Kibben's going to do at his quarterback spot. Have a lot of fun skill players. Ole Miss is going to probably trot out and, and try to mess with Florida with. I don't need like a score prediction, but is this an, a pretty easy week one win for Florida or is this is this going to be a toughie? I don't think there's any such thing as an easy week one in, in the SEC, uh, given, you know, all the offseason circumstances, the fact that, like you said, Florida doesn't necessarily know exactly what to prepare for. You know, just talking to Dan Mullen throughout the the course of fall camp, he, he's made it clear he expects things to be sloppy. Um, again, we don't know how many people are going to be out for Florida uh, due to positive COVID tests or potential contact tracing. Um, I, I do think that Florida has the depth to win this game. I think that Florida's staff has proven that it's very, very good at adjusting on the fly. You know, and they've the, the good thing for Florida is they do have veterans at just about every position. Um, so I, I think Florida comes away with a win. I don't think it's going to be an easy win. I think you know, in these week one games, you're going to see a lot of sloppiness. And um, at the end of the day, I think I do think it's Florida's you know experience, not just on the coaching staff, but across the roster uh, to be able to handle that. Perfect. Good stuff. Thanks, Thomas. Yep. Have a good one. All right, that was Thomas Goldcamp. Again, follow him at Thomas Goldcamp, Florida Gators beat reporter for Swamp 24-7. A few storylines to track in the college football world before we get out of here. And I think this entire season, the storylines to track are going to be what games are going to happen, what games might not. Kansas State, Oklahoma doesn't look great right now. Kansas State is having some serious contact tracing issues that are going to have to get figured out pretty quickly uh, by Saturday's game against the Sooners. Uh, Chris Kleiman, the head coach, said that they've, they're now two different positions, which have been like nearly decimated below the Big 12's 53-man threshold, so keep an eye on that. And the Notre Dame did not practice on Tuesday after it had a few positive tests come out after the South Florida game. None of the, none of the players who tested positive were on the field against South Florida, but again, contact tracing is is proving difficult for the fighting Irish who were, you know, having to quarantine a, a, a number of people. And so they canceled practice on Tuesday. They play Wake Forest on Saturday. If they do not practice on Wednesday, then you can probably safely assume that that game would get postponed at least. So we'll keep an eye on all of that. It's not as fun as talking actual football, but it's part of the reality of a, a 2020 college football season. I'd you know much rather be talking about that than like, the NFL rookies who are looking good because we don't have any other college football action to speak of. So anyway, thanks to Thomas Goldcamp for joining us on the College Football Daily. We'll probably have to get him back on soon because I think Florida is going to make a lot of noise in the SEC this fall. Thanks to our producer, Tony Levitt, for putting this thing together. My name is Trey Scott, and we will talk to you on Thursday.